thought I'd ask. I guess there's a lot. All right, of the recording. The recording has yeah. started. Yeah, I, I, I had to go there because if I don't go there, I'll forget, and then we'll just be, hey, what'd you say? I'm like, I don't know. What'd you say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Hey, Tim, Hi. Barb, Barb, Tim. <laughs> hey, Barb. Hello, how are y'all? I'm, I'm, I'm tired, but other than that, I'm okay. Well, get some sleep tonight. That sounds like a really good plan. <laughs> hey, you got, you have the AC on full blast, man? Yes, I Who, do. me? Oh. Yeah, you. I've got. Do I have the AC on? You too, Barb. Why, can you? Oh, I'm not on YouTube. I'm on my phone right now. Oh, I can't <laughs> see you. Can you hear my AC running? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah, my running. AC's running right now. Okay. But I can't hear it. No, I just hear you. It's good. I just had to plug my phone in, though, because it's low and Dave's on my other phone, so. Mm, okay. Um. Tim, this is this is uh, Mama Barb, one of our elders. She reminds me of Marcia too. She's over in Rockford area. Um, uh-huh. Her husband's who came and blessed us with new piping. Remember that? Remember that saga? Clog pipes, <laughs> candles. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we found cool. out that the pipes not only had candles, but it had that that wall stuff. They poured wall stuff in it. That stuff you put, I put the walls up in the bathroom, whatever you call that? Drywall? Drywall compound? Yeah. That's, that was in the pipes. That's what was in the pipes. Ooh. We thought it yeah. was. Oh, look. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so. But it's all good now. Yeah, oh, definitely. Pipes, pipes are clear. It's always a good thing having clear pipes. Good, good. All right, Tim, you're tired. I'm tired, too. I've been out <laughs> in the heat for the past eight hours. I am pooped. But I'm in my captain's chair. And I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. All right, well, don't fall asleep, no. No, I'm good. I'm, in, I'm you know, I'm, I'm actually, instead of walking, I'll be swinging in the swivel chair down here. But that's okay. <laughs> I get my swivel on. So where have you been you for the past 24 hours? What you been doing? Who are you asking me? Yes, sir. What have I been doing? Um, just continue. Uh, just continuing. As we talked about, conversation not just meaning verbiage, but conversation also meaning the way that you live, the way that you function, your your conversation, your manner, your lifestyle, your, you know, and still dealing with, um, you know, some some pain and and just surrendering that and. Then, 
and just embracing that and is yielding. Right. Right. So Barb wouldn't probably know this, but uh, my wife passed away back in October. So I've been dealing with the, just the process of grieving and, and um, a lot's happened. It's been pretty neat. The Lord is so good to me. He's just good. And I am a love sick puppy for Jesus because of it. I just have to have his touch. I don't do well in life if I don't have it. Nor me. I don't do well. Me either. I'm not I'm not satisfied with just good teaching as much as as important as that is. I have to have that touch. I went I went through that grieving process and was in a really mm-hmm. bad, bad place because I didn't grieve. Because I was a Christian, I was like, I'm not supposed to be doing that. I was so, uh, had such a lack of knowledge when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. As a result, as a result, which could make me tear up now, there's an intimacy that I never had before with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I had to give my permission, myself permission to cry. And to mm-hmm. let go, because it was like I was feeling mm-hmm. bad. Um, that I wasn't supposed to. I knew where my mom was. I knew, you know, I had faith where my stepdad was, although I was concerned about his salvation. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of heaviness, a lot of darkness. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it took me a while. I mean, it really took me a while um, to learn what grace was all about, knowing that I wasn't God. You know, you always look back and you think, that I could have done this or maybe I should have done that differently or um, took me a while to realize that what I was able to do at the time with the knowledge that I had and, um, you know, had to really, but now an intimacy with Jesus is something and it's knowing how much he loves me. That's what I hang on. I hang my hat on that knowing that for sure. That he loves me yep. and has a plan and a purpose for my life. And sometimes I wonder what that is, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's being honest. Being honest, I think, has been a real helpful thing for me. Yeah, I agree. To talk to in your honesty, to be able to be honest with someone and not be judged by it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I was doing for the first six months was just trying to stay distracted and busy. Mm-hmm. I was hoping the pain would diminish, but it wasn't diminishing. It was getting worse. Mm-hmm. And I hit that six-month anniversary of my wife's passing, and um, I was not doing well. I was literally, I was literally afraid for my own well-being. Mm-hmm. I was not doing well at all. And um, what the thing I had to do is, is it sounds like you. I had to. I had to just, in, in, first of all, acknowledge it and embrace the pain because the Lord can't take from you what's not yours. 
I had to embrace it. Yes, this is my pain, and it hurts like heck, and this is where I'm at. And and then in the midst of that, I just submitted, and like, and I just said, Lord, if you're using this for your for your purpose somehow, then I submit. And I don't want the pain to. I'm not asking you to remove the pain. I don't want it to stop till it served your purpose, and I don't want it to last one second longer after it has served your purpose. Amen. And I just submitted, and I just praised him in the tears and cried and wept and hurt and couldn't breathe sometimes. It was so bad and took two weeks off from from work, just personal leave, and just drove. And every day about a tank's worth of gasoline just drove and went nowhere and saw nobody and just hurt. Just, just bled, really. And... um about nine, ten days into that, I woke up one morning and something was different. And it's like the magnitude of it, of the pain, even though it wasn't all gone, just the magnitude of it was not like it was. Mm-hmm. And it's been that way now for a couple of weeks or so. And and it just wasn't. But the Lord showed me the wound that I had. And it was a very long cut, like down my chest. Mm-hmm. Very long, eight nine inches or so, whatever, and very wide. And um, but I, but he also showed me that 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 wound was beginning to heal, and it was healing from the bottom up, like when you have a cut and the two sides are coming together, and you have that red line where it's. And there was a large scar on either side of that, and. Uh, you just you discovered lots of things. I discovered bitterness, but I didn't realize I had. Yeah. Um, I had to I had to really just pour it all out and give it to God, and and did it verbally in my bedroom with no one around. Yeah. Just warned my husband, this is where I'm going, and don't be concerned, you know. But I knew that that's what I had to do, and it was really. Yeah. Um, and it started bringing forth healing. I have to say that it did. It was not a a quick process. I mean, I was in the room no. 24/7, listening to CDs, but watching DVDs. Um, and I realized, for being a Christian for as long as I've been one, I didn't understand grace. I didn't really understand the depths of what the grace of God is all about, and mm-hmm. receiving that grace myself. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Yes. 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 And no, it's so not easy, and it's offer, not. Go ahead. I say it's so much easier to offer to other people, but sometimes we don't offer it to ourselves. Mhm. Right. Right. Well, it's hard to give away. It's hard to give away what you don't have. You know, well, that's what this whole thing is about. So conversation in Christ. Uh, We're just talking about the actual reality of what it's really, really like when you're really living life and walking with the Lord and the kind of things that he does. and, and, And he does unique things with all of us because he knows how I need to hear it. He knows how you need to hear it. He knows how to deal with us. That's what I love so much because he knew how to deal with me. So he dealt with me about letting my wife go by giving me a vision. I saw her go. 
And the whole time I'm watching this vision, my wife was saying, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. And because I had to come to the place where I'd let her go. And, right. and that's not in her. I know where she's at. <laughs> Every time I say it, it makes you smile because I know where she's at. Mm-hmm. And I know that I will see her again because I'm headed to the same place. And, and the issue hasn't, for me, has not been her passing. The issue has been dealing with, you know, the wound, my wound, because of her passing and being alone. And I've never been alone in my life. I've lived seven months alone. I've never lived seven months in my life. I haven't lived seven days alone in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know just... Thing that is, just just that simple sentence you just said. That is such a blessing that the Lord gave you early on. That mm-hmm. you don't know yeah. how that feels. How many people can say that? You know. But I hear you. I hear you. Well, he knew he knew how to love me. Huh? You know, and that's that touch. And it's like the first touch when I had when I got born again. That he just. He absolutely ruined me for anything less than himself. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus did. And and he touched me again with her passing. And I'm like, I have to have this. I'm, I'm utterly dependent on this love to just function. And, um, you know, that's just, that's just however the Lord walks it out with someone is however he walks it out with him. I just, he just knows how to handle us individually. Right. And as well, as well as there's a difference between being alone, feeling alone and feeling lonely. That's one of the things that taught me. Yeah. I feel so alone, but I really wasn't alone. There he's with us. And yet, at the same time, feeling lonely. Right. Yeah, I've had to deal with some feeling lonely, but I've I've never been alone in my life, and I I guess I did I didn't understand right. people who were saying that they felt lonely because I realized I've never actually felt lonely. Right. Right. And and uh, but I'm understand a little bit of what that is. And um, that's that's part of the pain that's coming out. That's why the wound's not totally closed at this moment, but it's uh, closing and is closed up to a point. And uh, so, I don't know. He's just good. He's just good. But anyway, the our conversation in Christ just about the reality. Because if we're not careful, we spend a lot of time dealing with theory and concepts and philosophy. You know. And and peace is a wonderful concept. And you can hold to the concept of peace while you live in fear and anxiety at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
So this peace of God is a real actual thing. The comfort of God, the comfort he gave me, I tried to say it in the, in the, at the funeral, the thing I was trying to convey. I couldn't talk about my wife when I got up. I was just trying to talk about the reality of God and how real this comfort is. My soul was at rest with her passing completely. There's not a question in me. I don't question God. I don't have a question he needs to answer. I don't need to understand why, what, when, how. I don't need to understand any of that. I don't want to understand any of that. It doesn't matter. Um, So comfort's a real thing. Peace is a real thing. Joy unspeakable and full of glory is a real actual thing. Peace that passes understanding, which means it's a peace that didn't come from understanding. It's a real actual Mm -hmm. thing. And we just like me and Michael, we just we just we just want the real actual thing. And so as we were talking about doing conference calling again, this what came out was just conversations in Christ, not just about Christ. I mean, you know, conversations in Christ will will be about Christ, but in the reality of Christ. In him we live and move and have our being. What what is it? What is it like? What happens to your soul when you enter his rest? You know, what what is it like when you live in a world like we have today and everything outside is anything but peaceful, but everything inside of you is nothing but peaceful? Mm-hmm. You know, what is that how does that what is that like for your mind, you know, your your emotions? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Michael, did you fall asleep in that chair? No, see, I'm walking. This is a cool part. Are you pacing? <laughs> well, yeah, you've got been pacing. This is the walk. This is what it means. to. I'm, we're physically walking in the spiritual realm, having a natural conversation. Yeah, that's um, good. And that's my truth. That's all I ever wanted to have happen. Everything else is a byproduct of blessings. But to to have what they had when they walked with Jesus and he left them immediately and they still had that initial glow, the afterglow, the after, the anointing, whatever you want to call it. Because, you know, I I talk to you all the time. I wonder what they talked about as they walked. And I'm I'm listening to the conversation. It's like I, I can see us walking on a long dirt road. And I can see all of us, if we're walking on this long dirt road, everyone can imagine what we're walking. If there's an ocean, you'll see an ocean. If there's mountains, you'll see mountains. If there's a field of lilies, there's a field of lilies. And I'm just enjoying this. This is the conversation. We didn't know what we were doing two weeks ago when you called me and said, hey, let's get after it again. I'm like, okay, here's the reboot. But, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, it's because it's not manufacturing a conversation it's it's our reality yeah 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 so i'm just i'm swiveling in my captain's chair because i'm I'm enjoying it i'm just you know tim you said in january you were in so much peace and so much freedom and i'm i'm enjoying this right now i'm in so much peace so much freedom a heightened state of awareness to the kingdom that I can, like, you know, we talk about, and we believe this, we can be in two places at one time. So I'm actually literally walking with the four of us. And those of you who are going to be listening to this conversation, you're going to be walking with us if you choose to believe that. 
So it's that it's that conversation. It's what is the reality like for 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 where we are right now, and this is that right. reality. Right. Right. Because. Okay. Okay. You just weren't saying anything. It's like, man, he done fell asleep in his captain's chair. <laughs> I need to be, but I'm literally enjoying this. Mm-hmm. How many times do we want to be with others and just talk about what's going on and having a discussion and not having, you know, here's, here's my theology, here's my ideas. It's like Job when he was with his friends. He was literally on a walk, literally walking and going through what he was going through in the journey, and everyone's adding to the journey, and then you have the little prophet Eluhu who just blows everybody up. But, yeah, it's for me, it's, this is what the kingdom is like for me. This is, so I don't have to, as you know, you said it a long time ago, show up to get something because I come with something. Yeah. 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 So I'm walking yeah, what is, what is, yeah. Yeah. So I just you you said carrying something, so I just thought of, you know, take my yoke upon you. So what is the reality of what we carry? What's what's that like? What is that? What's on our shoulders? And don't just think in terms of a yoke like oxen, which is how it's normally taught. And you can learn something there, but if you go to Isaiah 9, it tells you what's on his shoulders. It was government. Yeah. And of the increase of his government and his peace, there's no end. So as you walk in an increased measure of his rule over you, you walk in an increased measure of his peace in you. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is nothing but peaceful. Mm-hmm. There's not one agitated space in his being. So I'm in a being who has no frustration. I'm in a being who who has no anxiety. I'm in a being who's not at a loss for what to do or the ability to do it. Why? Why, Tim? Because in him we have our movement and our being. In him. Yeah. Conversations in Christ, in him, manner and way of functioning in him. Yeah, so if it's in him, it's initiated by him. It means if I move in him, it means his movement initiates my movement. Because then I'm no longer trying to get him to do things. Oh my goodness. And I'm seeing we've already we've already got everything in our spirit. It's getting it from our spirit to our soul. And our spirit our born of our born again spirit made creations in Christ Jesus. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And that's yeah. where I feel like that's where I am right now. Well, not just there. A lot of things have been happening with me lately. More visionary. Um, when I pray, I'm seeing things more. When I pray for something, um, 
we're always learning, that's for sure. And we will learn till we take our last breath, you know. So um, it's, it's almost like reading scripture and I'm seeing things in a, different, in a different light. And I just realized, too, when we say that we have the light of Christ and we're supposed to be a light, I believe that light, and I could be wrong, and this is something where you may have some knowledge in, is, is light. Is having that light mean that we're walking not in, in light like we see, like sunlight or, or a light light in the darkness, but that light actually represents truth? There's a scripture in the Old Testament, I forget where, but it says to the effect, at the entrance of your word, light comes. Your word is a lamp and a light, a lamp unto my feet, a light. So, yeah, amen, I agree. Yeah, I... Power and authority that lives in us, learning how to use that in our prayer life and in other areas of concern as far as prayer is concerned. Um, Mm -hmm. Not praying about something, but praying with power and authority is something that I feel like he's really been revealing and speaking to me about. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, heck, let's go there. And when, and when we pray, when we pray it, believe it. You know, believe the believe I received it when I prayed it. <laughs> Even though we don't see that instant, you know, result of what we're kind of expecting or whatever, we know that mm-hmm. it's done as long as it lines up with His word. You know, mm-hmm. His promises. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of like. Okay, you know, because Tim wouldn't know this. Like, we talked to Brock, my son's a fireman. And he's working today and tonight. Okay, he did work Saturday Saturday night. And with all the things that are going on. And I have to say, it. all of a sudden it hit me when all this stuff was happening. I went, oh, my gosh, my son's a fireman. And people are starting fires all over. So I saw my son in, in, in dangerous, possibly dangerous situations, okay? Uh-huh. And, I, and I have to say that as a mother, it got to me. But then I realized, oh, my gosh, my prayer was a shield of protection around him and blood, that the blood of Jesus is on him. And it wasn't just my son. Then I started seeing the other firemen. And then I started seeing the policemen and praying uh-huh. that same prayer with power and authority. Um and I, it was a, it was from a different vantage point. That's all I can I can't put it into words very well. Um, but it's the same thing. Like tonight, he's working, and there are plans. Um, but at the same time, um, my prayers are visionary. I mean, from warring angels in the streets, you know, pushing back that evil that's there. Um, uh-huh. And protection over those people, you know, it's and praying for salvation for people. I just see so many uh-huh. people dead in their sin, and I have to say that, um, and maybe it's because I'm a woman, but it can bring me to tears because um, we are God hates evil, and we are to hate evil. We don't hate the people, 
We have to pray for them because they're deceived. You know, you can have pity on the deceived, but you don't have to have Uh pity on the deceivers. And so many people are deceived. They don't know Christ. They don't know God. So I'm I'm having my heart been aching for the lost. But I'm also Uh learning that I'm not God. I can't do it, you know. But Holy Spirit's the one that does do it, so... Oh, amen. And that their hearts will be open, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm learning the same thing as he's taking me to new new places in prayer. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm not God. I'm following him. Right. And... Hmm. It's just interesting that you said that. But that's that's he's not ask, he's not asking me to be the answer to all things because he is the answer to all things. Exactly. He's just asking me he's just asking me to follow him into what he wants to do in some of those things. Mm-hmm. I can't pray and fix it all. Can't do it. No. And I have Christians that I talked to as well as saying, I just don't know, you know, you're quarantined. And then you see all this stuff happening and you're like, Lord, how can I be there, you know, in a way um, that you've called me to do it. And yet he's been bringing people that I haven't talked to for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we're sharing and we're, um, I don't know how to pray. So there's more praying in tongues again. It's like a, it is like a revival going on within the church, in us. Um, mm-hmm. That's the perfect prayer. That's the perfect prayer when we don't know how to pray. You know, people say, I'm, I've been woken up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and this is on my mind, and that's on my mind, and then I pray. But then it's like, you know what? That's why we pray in the Spirit, because he knows exactly what needs to be prayed mm-hmm. as a vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe, you know what, the church has to wake up. I mean, we have to wake up individually. And if we wake up individually, then that's going to wake us up corporately. Yeah. And that's kind of another yeah. another prayer to be prayed that it starts with, with us. An awakening starts within each of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think times like this with COVID and the unrest and everything, it really kind of, it's like putting a mirror up to you to see where you really are, you know? And then, and yeah, I agree. I agree. We do need to, we do need to check ourselves and, and, and as we do, and as it happens, what you're saying then when you start gathering, then people are showing up with something, not just to get something. Right. You know, and draining the leadership of life because they don't have a conversation in Christ for themselves. You know? And my gosh, what would happen in a room of just 20 people, you know, that didn't come 
I mean, sometimes you're hurting. I mean, you need help. I've needed help. I understand that, but I'm I'm t- saying typically, you know. Um, I want to carry something. I want to bring something. I want to add something, and I want to receive something. You know, and the whole the whole thing becomes bigger, clearer. You know, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna share things about Papa in a way that you know, I would probably never think of her say, and yet, and yet it just confirms the reality of the conversation I'm in, in some measure, in some way, and, you know, that's already happened and stuff that you've said. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that. It's like that sometimes when you're praying. Sometimes you do get a little afraid, but it's okay. You can say it, you know. God didn't fall off the throne because I got a little bit fearful or even a lot fearful. Right. You know, and he's not surprised and he's not upset at me. He knows, he knows what he got when he got me and he knew, he knew he had a lot of work to do. Right. (laughs) So he is not shocked that he's still working on his son. And he's not in heaven and say, I can't believe this boy still hasn't gotten it, you know. Yeah, right. Right. He knows what he got when he got me. Yep, and as a body, we're to encourage one another. And there should Mm -hmm. be safety when we say, I'm having an issue with this or I'm having a problem with that. Be able to share it with someone that you you know won't judge you, that you can trust. Um, Yeah. That's so so important because if not, we hide. We don't want to hide from the brethren. Right. because I've but you're right about being wise who to share with. I've had to I've had to do that with with um, the grieving and everything that I've been going through, and I don't just tell everybody everything because you'll get too many you'll get too many opinions and too many voices, and I'm not going to weed through all of that. Nope, and and I've learned to be careful about who I ask to pray for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're preaching my stuff there, Barb. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael. I was going to give, I was going to tease you a minute ago, but I didn't. I was being a good girl. <laughs> no, no teasing. He needs it. Hey, you know, again, this is, you know, we, this is the walk, this is what we, this is what we can I talk about. We actually thought years and years ago, we have a Kokomo testimony that we we sometimes share. So we we got big headed, and they they called the apostle and prophet to go down to Kokomo and do whatever we we're supposed to do. And we made the trip down there, and the trip itself is just supernatural. But when we got oh my down God. there, we took a walk with Father that I have never took before, and this is coming from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Tim and I were making this, and we're in we're in Kokomo. It's a, a village of 3,000, 4,000 people. Um, I mean, you'll drive and blink and get through it in probably 10 minutes. But we're coming, mm-hmm. and we're coming to serve. But we came and we took a walk with Father. That I'm, what we're doing after that fact is what, we, what I believe I learned the greatest out of. Father taught us from an older gentleman 
who was homeless, who was an alcoholic, who taught the ministers that came down to do what ministers were supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> and we had wonderful I'm sorry, make like, me laugh. I know. It's like every time we were at a park and we were getting ready to have a, a, a Bible study. <laughs> and it, the setup was Father was going to send this man on a bicycle in his mid-60s mm-hmm. to us so that we could mm-hmm. minister to him. That was the setup. But he came and began to train us by the Spirit, and then he would leave. He did this like maybe three or four times, and this is this conversations in Christ. So we're literally having a conversation like, what in the heck is going on here? He keeps coming and going. But after he keeps coming, it's like a greater wave of conversation, and we're taking cues from him. Like, that's it. Keep saying what you're saying. That's it. And then he gets on his bike and, and rides off. And then you have these, you know, the ministers, because we're supposed to have it together. We're like, what in the world is going on? Why does he keep coming back? Yeah. So we're learning a greater deal, just learning how to take cues from Holy Spirit. And I, I mentioned it because I'm listening, and yeah. this is how this walk goes. It's not a teaching conference call. It's not a preaching call. This is We're just having a conversation because we're all individually having a reality. And if we're not having a reality, then we're just living life through a concept of Jesus Christ. And that keeps us living underneath the privilege of this kingdom. So this conversation is powerful because I believe these apostles in the book of Acts, they had to have these conversations. Those generals that I'm reading about in the 1800s, they had these conversations. Yeah. They didn't just quote scripture at each other all through dinner. No. I think it's called fellowship. I think yeah. What, what, what fellowship means and the assembling of the body means fellowship, mm-hmm. worshiping, talking, mm-hmm. sharing, praying for one another. Um, I'm not against organized services, but at the same time, this, I believe, is more impactful when yeah. people get together and share and, um, you know, open up their hearts with people that you're, like yeah. I said before, that you can trust and you're not going to be judged. And at least right. now I've grown enough to know that if I was to be judged by somebody, I know that God's not judging me. You know, I mean, I know. Oh, that. Yeah. So it's Amen. not that well, I have to be a, a people pleaser. I don't have to, I don't have to, just like you're talking about grieving, I don't have to grieve mm-hmm. the way you're grieving, and you don't have to grieve the way right. I grieve. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we're individuals. Yeah. And yeah. we all have things that we were dealing with differently. Yeah. And so you, that's having a heart of compassion and empathy, showing the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it becomes okay for the walks to be the same but different for a formula. Right. You know, I'm not looking for a formula in what you're saying, Barb, or anyone else. I'm just, right. I'm, I'm, what you, this is, this is what I need. I'll just, all right, Michael, you know what happened. Somebody just done pushed a button. I know. And he lopped, 
Because here it comes. <laughs> I, I need another sermon like I need smacked in the head with a board. I don't want one. I don't need one. What I need is a witness to the reality of what Jesus is like because I got to know him. Yep. 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 That's true. That's true. I've got to that's know true. him. And I can get some more of him listening to Jill and Michael and Barb and whoever that that have that that have that reality. You know, and it's like, yes, I know him too. He is like that, but he's also, but you also know him in a way that I don't. And I'm like, wow, he's like that too. Wow, cool. I love the uniqueness. I want to celebrate uniqueness. And we don't do that well or at all because it's, it's uncomfortable you know, to not be the same. And I want to celebrate the uniqueness. So nobody needs to say it exactly the way someone else says it. And in that way, everybody's adding something more about the reality that you can just draw life from. And, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll settle down. Oh no, I'm back. I'm back in the bus. Up, keep going. Are you pacing again? <laughs> I'm back in the bus. Up. Well, I'm just trying to be honest about where I'm at. And like Barb was like, I don't care what they say anymore. I don't care. I am not going to trade. I'm not going to trade what I have for someone else's good opinion of me. Right. I refuse to trade. I have something of Jesus. I don't have anything someone else can't have. There's a whole lot more. Anybody can have as much of him as they want. I just am confused as to why they don't want more. How can you not love this man? How? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get how someone's satisfied by a sermon. I don't understand that. If he does not touch me by his love, I don't do well in life. I don't do well at all. I just, just knowing that I'm loved blows my mind. My mind is blown. The kind of love where if you and Jesus were in a room and you're talking and some important people would come in, Jesus wouldn't then act like he doesn't know you to save face in front of someone else more important than you. You know what I mean? Just as an example, he would introduce you. Let me introduce you to my friend. And the fact that he would call me his friend and the fact that I'm loved blows my mind. I don't know how people don't love him. I don't get it. My flat don't get it. You can't be that into yourself, please. You can't be. But we also have to remember, and I'm going from an age thing here, although I am a very young in the 60s person, even though I'm an elder. Uh-huh. But think about what we've been taught. Think about the preaching that has come from the pulpit. Think about legalism. Be perfect. Be this. Be that. 
Um, mm-hmm. so, so much religiosity kept us. I believe that was a tool of the enemy. Um, mm-hmm. And we weren't, I mean, I can't even remember, you know, all those years going to church, um, ever hearing what the word born again meant. I, I can't. Yeah. I'm not saying that it wasn't because who knows where I was at at that time. Do you know what I'm saying? That's been mm-hmm. a while when mm-hmm. I was younger. Mm-hmm. But think about mm-hmm. the preaching and the teaching that we've been exposed to. I've had preachers that I mm-hmm. think have done a wonderful job, but at the same time, well, okay, you know, give your life to the Lord, come just as you are, and then that person comes to the Lord, and it's like, okay, now you've got to do this, 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 and that. Now change right. that. Don't wear your hair that way. Um, you know what I'm saying? Right. So yep. that is kind of, I, I went a long time uh, realizing with issues that I was struggling with that if I had a prayer or if I had any unconfessed sin, that God was not going to hear my prayers. That kind of tended to be in kind of the Baptist arena that I was exposed to. Um, uh-huh. You know, so it yeah. really is a matter of, I don't think a life with Christ will ever be a real experience until you know how much he loves you and accepts us just the way we are, how he Mm -hmm. sees us. I heard the Mm -hmm. terminology that, you know what, my picture is on on the mantle in Jesus' house. It's on the mantle. It's in his wallet. I'm his child, Mm. and he loves me. And he's changing me from glory to glory, but he accepts me just the way I am as he's growing me. Amen. I don't, I don't have to compare myself with other people because I did. You know, Amen. I don't know. I'm sure this has happened to you. You can look at somebody and say, oh, my gosh. Look, it looks like they've really got their act together. Oh, my gosh, on the outside. Well, you find out that's not mm-hmm. all. Okay. Right. I must not be reading yeah. my Bible long enough. Maybe I didn't pray for two hours. Instead, right. I only paid for an hour, or I paid for five minutes. Learning right. that five minutes of five minutes of a sincere, heartfelt prayer to our Father means more right. than just saying, "Yep, I set the timer and I prayed for an hour." I think right. that's right. where I believe the church has been suffering and needs needs to change. You know, that you aren't going to have intimacy. You aren't going to ever have intimacy with our God until we know how much he loves us. And not just reading words until it actually becomes a revelation in our hearts, in our very being. Uh, uh, acceptance. Acceptance. Never rejected. If, if somebody's rejecting me or hurting me, I can say, oh, my gosh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. You never reject me. I was rejected by this person or by that person or that friend uh, doesn't, isn't comfortable being around me because I do talk about the Lord a lot. Uh, yes, it can make you feel sad, but at the same time, I've got Jesus. I've got an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe who created me and chose me for such a time as this, to be born at this time in our lives, to be born now. That was perfect, uh-huh. uh-huh. you know. So those are the kind of things that have started to really change my life and my relationship is that uh-huh. I don't want to be like anybody else now. I don't want to be like anybody else. Oh, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
And yet you can see the qualities in other people, and you can admire that and their gifting and their walk with the Lord. And that's awesome. But I'm to a point now where it's like, but I don't feel bad because I'm not doing what they're doing. I have a different calling on my life. Uh Uh So we can celebrate each other, you know? Yeah. In our our uniqueness. Yes. Gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? I always believe that the reason he made everybody so unique is because, like, your way of doing something is going to reach a certain kind of person or, 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 you know, you know, Michael's way of, of teaching is going to reach another person and Tim's way of teaching is going to reach another person. Because, like, certain people react to certain people. And it's like if the Lord tries to reach you through his vessels, he has so many servants in place that are willing to teach that it's just the way that that's the way that it's going to come about. And that's the whole reason we're so unique because we're, we're made that way. Because he knows that our style will reach, you know, this person and this person. You know, we're not supposed to change what he's already done. Why would we want to? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Amen. And nothing happens by accident. Just like Michael, you and I meeting at my front door. Just mm-hmm. you know, you stop and think about how the Lord, how the Lord puts people together. I, I am. If we are looking to Him, He sets us up. Major. He sets mm-hmm. us up. True. True. <laughs> He's a good, good daddy God, isn't he? He absolutely is. He absolutely is. Well, I've got a big smile on my face because he is. <laughs> yes. I was too, I'll tell you what, I was too serious. I was a joyless Christian. And that's, there's nothing worse than a joyless Christian. Why would anybody else want to be a Christian if I'm so serious and make and and not I'm not going to say sober I wasn't that way because you guys know me I I mean I'm an A personality but um, at the same time it was like oh my gosh you know what something's not right I have a father that loves me and I'm walking around joyless because. All I was seeing what was what I thought was still wrong with me. I ooh, that can make me cry. The change starts to come when you realize the changes that he's made in you and you thank him for it and there's gonna be things that we don't see in ourselves that need to be changed. But he knows those things. And and he does that lovingly. He's not angry with us. It's our heart right. willingness to to change. I mean, if I think about years and years of my life and when I heard the word repent, and I think there's lots of people that go to church. When they hear that word repent, it's like, okay, turn from your sin. It was like, okay, if I receive Jesus, I can't sin anymore. I don't know that I can do that. I mean, that's really how a lot of people think. 
understand that's yeah. understanding what it means to repent is a willingness to, to give yourself to the Lord and a willingness to change, letting Holy Spirit change us because we can't do it. Well, it's like it's like the wrong. It's like the wrong. The emphasis is on the stronger emphasis is on the wrong part. The stronger emphasis has been on what you're turning from, not what you're turning toward. Right. 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 So you got a lot of people who are saved into nothing. Yeah, they don't know who they are in Christ. Yeah, they, and they didn't. They weren't saved in to the kingdom by a king. Right. They were forgiven of their past and left to live in this life as best they can, just be good boys and girls and try not to screw this up. Right. And so that's fear. And fear doesn't draw us to repentance. It's love that draws us to repentance. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, turning from, but to turn toward what? Yeah. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> but I do well, have to <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hear. God is not laugh. obsessed with sin. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Oh, God. Yes, I'm enjoying this. We became a new creation in Christ. It's done. I, I'll see the cross. And I'll look up, when you know how, um, because I will say that sometimes I do mess up and I do start thinking, sometimes I'm going, okay, I'm going down with thoughts that are not, they're not the thoughts of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'll see him mm-hmm. on the cross and I hear him saying, it is finished. Mm-hmm. It's finished. Mm-hmm. And my sins are gone as far as the east is from the west, to the west. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see mm-hmm. my sin any longer. He sees Jesus in me. Yes. And now yes, it's yes, a matter yes. of yielding to the renewing of our minds to be like mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. So the nature of the conversation in Christ or the walk in Christ is going to be, you may start off in the beginning and you wrestle with a lot of this you know, of sin and the idea of sin, but at some point, if you continue, you do make that turn toward something else. And you make that turn toward the Lord, and you discover, I am loved. And he's not mad at me. And I don't have to be in competition with anybody. And, you know, and on and on and on and on and on as the journey goes. And that's, that's just, that's, again, back to realities, reality and the conversation in him bringing us to that place, you know, to realize, well, it's like Michael going all the way back to Morocco, your favorite place to be on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a word that came forth in that meeting uh, for Marcy, and it was, I've been where I've always been, and I've never not been there, beloved, but since the day that you asked me into your heart. I've never not been there. I've been where I've always been, and I've never not Mm -hmm. been there. Mm -hmm. And that, when you see that, oh, my gosh. You know, 
Now, now when you mess up, you run toward someone instead of focusing on trying to get away from something. Something right. I shouldn't be right. doing. Right. You know. Because we do give power to that thing which we focus ourselves on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, you're laughing. No, I was laughing. <laughs> That's okay. You can laugh. I know you're you're sleepy. That's okay. <laughs> See the vision that I'm seeing while I'm listening to elders talking, and we're just having a reality. To see what I'm seeing is amazing. Saved into, saved out of the kingdom of darkness. Saved out of the power of darkness into the kingdom. I keep uh-huh. looking at our birth, which is like there's a certificate in the spiritual realm that allows us access to see the throne and to see heaven, to see and enter into. Saved from the power of darkness into the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. And ooh, maybe that's what that means by into the kingdom of truth. Well, you could take that forward. He said, I am the truth, I am the way, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father unless they come Amen. to me. Right. Ooh. Um, yeah, I like that. Second. Well, that, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. I'm just repeating it. So we, we, we have access to go before the Father and just or just rejoice or just stare or just be in amazement or, or, or bring a matter or a case or a petition. But there's the access. So mm-hmm. like what someone was saying, what are we seeing? And I'm telling you, when you've been there, and, and I know Tim has saw me coming from heaven and coming back and because the body is in a, in a state, but... The soul and spirit, you just, there's this illumination. What is written about in scripture is, is true. Stay from the power of darkness into the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we enter into, we step in, we walk, we cooperate. Mama Edder, Mariah Edder, when she, when she said that, she learned how to cooperate with Holy Spirit. We, we have access. He gives us access into him. And that access allows us to go into realms of mysteries and realms that we just don't know. And he, sometimes he allows us to play and he laughs at us. So I see him right now smiling and doing what a, a spiritual dad does when his kids are just talking about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I don't see that somber smile at all those movies that we used to watch. With Jesus, with our pictures that we've seen, that that oh that serious that serious look. It's like oh my goodness, that's not he's smiling. Mm-hmm. He smiles mm-hmm. on us. Mm-hmm. We smile on our kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's a really great way yep. to relate his relationship with us on how we are with our kids. You know, True. we love them, we encourage them, and, 
We smile on them because we just love them. We don't smile on them because we know they're perfect. <laughs> and we just well, and we love them knowing they're not perfect. I know. And it's okay. And some moms even make excuses, which I have done, but that's okay. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to say that one of the biggest things that I've learned, too, probably in the last six months or so, maybe a little longer than that, um, is that no one, my husband, my children, or another Christian friend, will never, or another family, never, will never, ever love me the way God the Father loves me. So when you're going through stuff, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, it heals the wounds. You know? Mm -hmm. It heals wounds. Because I've been Mm -hmm. wounded. I was really badly wounded. And then you feel bad because you're thinking, okay, I must be selfish. I'm thinking about myself. But wounds are real. Yes. Wounds are real. And uh, and that you still know that you're in a different place spiritually than that other person or people. So they yes. don't understand. And not to look for acceptance in those situations. Um, to feel accepted, feel loved, feel wanted, understood. Um, but my daddy God does. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been changing my life lately. Is just mm-hmm. um, when I'm down or bummed, if it's a family issue, because I've been going through family issues, a lot of distance, and it was shortly after dealing with my parents, their deaths, a lot of issues. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was in the depths of despair. And I saw no hope. I saw no future. And I knew all the right things. Mm-hmm. in my head, but I didn't know mm-hmm. in my heart. And that's what's changing my life. It's me and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, acknowledging the wound is not somehow a lack of faith. Just dealing with reality. Yep. It says, look, I'm hurting. And I am hurting, but Lord, I praise you. You're good. Yep. But, but yeah, I'm hurting right now. And it's 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 okay. There's no, with God, maybe with people it's different, but with God there's no, there's no judgment. Right. It can't be. Or the blood means nothing. He can't, I'm just, I'm not going to go there. There's no, it's okay. I had, I had to, I had to acknowledge the wound because wounds don't do well being ignored. They generally get infected. And now you got something worse to deal with. And so I had to own it. I'm like, yes, I do hurt. This is my pain. It is real. And Tim, no, you're not doing well. 
And then I had just some timely calls from people. Hey, brother, how you doing? The Lord laid me on your heart. What's, you know, what's going on? Just timely as they could, could be, you know. I'm like, well, I hurt like heck right now, to be honest with you. And I've been honest, I think, as I can be. Sometimes I think I've been too open with a lot of it, but too late. It's a hurdy out there. And, um, you know, and but I had to own it because he can't take from me what's not mine. Right. That's what happens when you're convicted of sin. That's what he's doing. You've got to own this behavior of yours. You are guilty here. Yes, Lord, I see now. I'm, yes, that's right. So you have to own it before he can have it. Because he can't take from me what's not mine. And so I have to I had to embrace. And we're not taught mm-hmm. to do that in, in in mega faith, super faith, faith fix it all church. I know. Right. But that causes people to ignore the wound and the wounds get infected and it gets worse. Because I couldn't understand after six months, I was worse. I wasn't better. Yeah, go ahead. But I'm getting better. This is that deeper, deeper stuff Marcia was talking about, Tim. Deeper, deeper stuff. The BDS. <laughs> it's, a, it's a reality that has to be addressed. How many people are suffering in silence alone because they're afraid they're going to be judged and not having enough faith, or they're judging themselves, oh, you don't have enough faith, because if you did, you would be blah, 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 you know. Um, or somehow you feel like therefore you failed God, you know, and this conversation probably needs to happen a lot out loud, out in front. It says, hey, Mm -hmm. if you're grieving, it's okay. We're supposed to be grieving with you, honestly. Rejoice with those who rejoice. You need, sometimes you just need people to stop trying to fix you and cry with you. Right. I Just agree. Cry, please. I don't. Yep. Need, I don't need you to fix me. Stop trying to fix me, please. I want to tell the whole of Christian ministry: stop trying to fix me. Introduce mm-hmm. me to the one who knows me best. Because mm-hmm. it's in His arms, I'll be okay. Right. Yep. Sorry, Michael. There's another button. <laughs> you need to call silent sleeper ones, Tim. You see, I'm silent. I'm just, I'm just, you know, <laughs> driving them, driving them hard. <laughs> well, you've heard it from me before. I mean, you, you know, and me and you just talking. It's like I don't need someone to fix me right now, but I may need someone to grieve with me. You know what I have written on my blackboard is. Um, don't put expectations on other people that only God can do. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's true. And in learning that, 
it enables you to let go and enjoy the Lord. And you love people. Yeah. And and you it's I for me that was very healing. Mm-hmm. Because of my disappointment of what I went through and I felt that there was no one there for me. I knew God mm-hmm. was there in my head, but I wasn't experiencing mm-hmm. that in my emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also had taught me too though that I was seeing everything that I thought was wrong with me and struggled yeah. with. And then it was the reality hit me that I had to apologize to the Lord because I didn't realize that that was being self-righteous. That I was, that his death on that cross, it was me saying to him, you know, you did that in vain, Lord, because I've not received it. Mm. Which kept me before so self-focused. On, mm-hmm. And, of course, you know what? And we were talking about the uniquenesses of, ever, of everybody and our backgrounds, what we experienced, what, which may have led us to, to think a certain way um, mm-hmm. and how we related to God. Because I grew up with praying and um, feeling that because my parents were divorced, um, and a dad that didn't come around once in a while, I related to God as I did with my father, my earthly father, that I knew Mm -hmm. God was there, but he was far away, far away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, now look, I'm talking about when I was young in high school, struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And here I am saying in the last couple of years, in the last couple of years, that's what God has been teaching me and changing my heart and making me realize that um, I just had to apologize when you think about what he suffered, that all of God's wrath was poured out on him for my sins. Mm-hmm. And by not receiving, I wasn't really receiving that forgiveness, not in its totality. So what he did for me is like saying, you know what, Jesus, it wasn't enough. I'm saying you you did that in vain for me because I'm not really receiving that. Wow. Michael, little did we know, again, (laughs) you know, what on earth we're doing. But I think there's just a whole lot of honest conversations about the reality of stuff. You know, actual stuff you live with, walk through, deal with. The victories, yes. Praise God for the victories. The, But the pain, yes. The disappointment, yes. All the other stuff can't be ignored. You know, it needs to be talked about. You know, uh, well, you brought up the two on the road to Emmaus. Listen to how they were talking, yet their hearts are burning within them, you know, and they're talking to this quote-unquote stranger. like, man, haven't you heard what went on here? And, you know, they weren't particularly a couple of joyful dudes. <laughs> you know, this is heavy stuff. This one that we're following, and now, now we're, 
you know, till they sit down and they break bread and all of a sudden, at some point, your eyes are going to get open and you're going to see that he's been with you the whole time. Yeah. Uh, it's always like that. We don't. We never know what we're doing. And, and, you know, so the expectations are we just show up. Yeah. And daughters, yeah. just show up. Those are, those are our expectations. So I choose to show up, powered up, amped up, and then it's like from those in the fellowship, well, how come you guys didn't talk about this? How come you guys... Because we didn't come with any expectations. We showed up because we, right. we know our relation and our position and our work when we come together and just be children. Maybe sometimes we need to spend more time just being children, being creative with honesty, being creative with wisdom, especially mm-hmm. in times like what we're, what's around us. You know, coming together and being honest, what, what, what are the feelings? And I'm saying this, as I tell everyone, get around the elders. Get around your brethren. We, we who are younger could learn so much more. You know, I'm in my mid-40s, pushing 50, but doggone, I still feel like I'm 30. But to learn, to Me ask too. questions, to walk with, to, to enjoy the conversations, to just be present. This is mm-hmm. what cooperating with Holy Spirit has taught me since I opened up this book and, and learning about the journals. Cooperating with Holy Spirit, coming together as children and just showing up. What happens if we yeah. just do more showing up and lower the yeah. expectations? Mm-hmm. But that's called fellowship. Mm-hmm. Again, what those allowing the Holy did. Spirit to lead us and, and open the doors and just and enjoying enjoying yeah. who we are in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. We don't always have to be on as apostles and prophets and evangelists and, and we don't always right. have to be on but we just show up right. as sons and daughters. The, right. the, 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 the exactly. earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of men. And women is not waiting for the manifestation of the next apostle to come along and get everybody together. He says it, the earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of men. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right, Tim. We, we need these honest conversations. We need to have this in the midst of storms, in the midst of plagues, in the midst of injustice. Mm-hmm. Hey, huh? so can you just say something real quick? Um, yeah. I was reading, Michael had me read Catherine Coleman, the section on Catherine Coleman in the God's Generals book today, and I finished all of it, and I had a question that she had that she took to her death. And in all of her healing um services she um prayed for certain people and they didn't all get healed but she never questioned why 
And she didn't ask God why. She just said that she was going to accept whatever he was doing. And then she said when she gets to heaven, she, that's the very first thing she's going to ask him, is why did not every person I prayed for get healed? And I said to Michael today, well, we can ask him now. We don't have to wait till we go to heaven, right? And he said, right. yeah. You know, you don't have to wait. So to me, I mean, just she, reading her stuff, you know, she's a general. And it's like, to me, that was one of the biggest eye-openers that I have learned. <laughs> there are so many things that you can ask now. You can find out now because you're born again. You have that right. Just ask him. And you wait. And he will answer you. Whether it's through his word, whether it's through a vision, whether it's in a dream, he will answer you. One way or another. And I just was kind of blown away. I, I, it was very, very interesting reading. Uh, it's not, I, don't, I, can't, I can't say where it's at, but um, where the disciples, they went to pray for, I don't know if it was somebody was demon-possessed or something else like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and they uh-huh. came back to Jesus and they said, how come we couldn't heal them? And what did Jesus I remember say? That. It was because of, of their unbelief. You know, sometimes people can go into a prayer line or be prayed for and they uh-huh. may have faith, but if they're not really believing, that can hinder, I think, receiving that healing. I think so too. It has to do it could it could very well have to do with their walk. You know. I also see and I'm not saying that I'm correct in this, but this has been a recent kind of reality too that um um I see not just our our salvation was a gift. We couldn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. I see that with healing. I see that with provision. I see that with protection. I see it with all of that. Yes, we pray for wisdom and discernment. However, I just see all of those things as a gift. He said it. They are gifts. In fact, I, mm-hmm. I, I can say, you know, and I've done this before, it's like, you know what, Lord, I'm so sorry. I trust you. I don't trust me. Okay. <laughs> you know, in, in the receiving yep. of something or or whatever uh-huh. the case might be. that I'm struggling mm-hmm. with my my the lack of my mind not being renewed in a certain area okay um it doesn't change the truth it just means that i'm not there i'm not where i'm supposed to be to to be believing on that believing on that that like i said i don't know if i'm wrong this is just kind of something that's been going on with me lately it's it's, i'm seeing we can't earn our salvation. I don't know. We can't earn a. He says to believe. You know, we're to believe. And um, there are some answers. Some things are mysteries. We're not going to always know those some answers sometimes either until later. Right. right. But Jesus himself said it was because of unbelief. Isn't that why when he went back home, it was in Nazareth, and he, he left because only a few people were healed because they didn't believe. Mm-hmm. It was their lack of belief they weren't. Yeah, it says, it says expressly that he couldn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Right. Yep. 
And this is the Lord who couldn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Right. Except that he healed a few folks. Yeah. What's the scripture where he's talking to someone and he goes, uh, yes, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's honest. That is honest. Mark 9, verse 24. Aren't you glad that honesty doesn't scare Father? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because he could say, yeah, I know. I already knew that about you. (laughs) Right. Yeah, right. I I knew you weren't going to believe me. Yeah. I already knew. Yeah. But but I can also hear him being like, but but that's okay. Why don't you take my hand and we'll just go on a little walk and let me show you something. You know, will you just walk with me? Don't worry about what you don't know. That's okay. I've heard you. Now just put your hand in mine and let's just go for a walk. And let's just see what you might see in this little journey of ours, you know. Mm-hmm. And let me show it to you the way I want to show it to you, uh, because I because he knows he knows he knows how I need to hear the answer. So I see. Right. So it's not just about hearing; it's about seeing. It's about what you see and what you feel. That's very Hebraic. Greek is very much about what you hear and what you think. Hebraic is very much about what you see and what you feel. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the American church is very much afraid of what you feel. Mm-hmm. So they shy away from desire, but desire is a powerful pathway. It's powerful. My people perish for lack of vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Need vision. Yes, 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 yes. Anyways, and I think too, it's patience when people go and they to go to get prayed for, and that healing could have been theirs. They may have believed and they received it at the time, but it didn't last. Or they wanted it right away, and it didn't happen right away, so they believed it didn't happen. Um. Because he doesn't even do that always the same either. It might it might take some time. It could be a process yeah. involved. And he yeah. must stand on his word to trust his word. He said it, so believe it and and it's waiting for the manifestation of it. The manifestation doesn't because then it becomes a miracle. You know, if it's instant it's a miracle. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you believe that you received it, we may have to wait a while for it so it you know, manifest itself mm-hmm. and still stay. Sure. This is really kind of cool. Can't make this up. This is this is yeah. This is what we didn't know, and I'm sure the download is going to come after it. Just show up and just. Talk about the vulnerabilities in honesty. Mm. 
just what stuck with me the most when I read her is she said a lot of um, other ministers were teaching that because your faith is not strong enough, that's why you did not receive your healing. And she refused to teach that way, did not believe that way. Ah. Yeah, so... And the thing is, well, it says that we have we have the faith of Christ. We have the faith of Christ. There's there's a that means a lot when you put the word of. We have his faith that what he did is what we get to receive as an heir. I have the faith of Christ living inside of me. I've got Holy Spirit. I don't depend on my faith. I hardly even go there much like that anymore. It's not my faith, but I have the faith of Christ now as a new creation in him. That way I can't lean or boast about my faith. I can boast about the fact that I have his faith in me. Right. Mm I just know that the one of the like he's saying this is the best thing I've I've learned and 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 I just thought of something else. It's like there's you could go on and on, but to know that he already knows us from start to finish, and there isn't anything that he hasn't seen, and that that love is always going to be there. Yes, but it, and the fact that nothing shocks him, he's already seen the worst of you and still loves you and still wants you. And it's just the waking up in the morning and knowing that he's there and I can, I can talk to him and I can sing to him and I can just be by myself. And I have, for myself speaking, the peace. And I, when you say the peace, people just say, oh, yeah, that's just a word. No, it's not a word. It's real. And I, that's my prayer is that everybody feel what peace truly feels like. And that's crazy mm-hmm. to say, because they don't. A lot of people don't even know what it means, much less what it feels like. And when I see, mm-hmm. like especially this week, all the crazy stuff that's been going on on the news, and, you know, Michael and I are watching it, and I had to ask the Lord last night, I said, is there something wrong with me? Because I'm not upset. I'm seeing the chaos, and I don't like mm-hmm. what's going on. I don't want it to come to where we are, but I'm not shaken. And I thought, you know what? I just said something. I'm thanking you, Lord, because I'm not being shaken. Thank you for not letting me be moved. Thank you. That means that your peace is in me so strong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I can only be grateful. And so it just, it, I don't know how else to say it. You said it beautifully. It grieves me to see what's going on, but at the same token, Mm -hmm. I know he's in charge. He's in charge. And he's never not going to be in charge. (laughs) And I'm just glad that he's got it. And we don't have to figure it out. We just want to wait. Excuse me? I bet you weren't frightened over the COVID either, were you? I wasn't afraid. I wanted wisdom and discernment. I wasn't going to be stupid. But there wasn't any fear. And I had other Christian friends that were saying the same thing. It's like, 
this is really something. I'm not fearful, you know, Yeah. which I thought the Lord, the Holy Spirit was just, it just made you even felt, feel more uh, connected to the Lord as his child. You're describing the impact of his rest on your soul. Right. Yes. Yes. I did. Listen to what I just said. The rest on your soul. Yeah. You're describing the impact of his rest on your soul. Because your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, look at what's going on with you. With your mind, you're seeing and understanding what's going on, but you're emotionally quiet because... Because what you are seeing with your eyes and understanding with your mind is not presenting you with any anxiety. Because your mind's not trying to figure it out. You're entering his rest. Rest. Mm-hmm. You will find rest for your soul. Your emotions get quiet when your mind gets quiet. When your mind gets quiet, your emotions get quiet. And then it's easy to act on your will and choose to follow him and continue to have a new thought tomorrow that creates a new emotion about it tomorrow that makes me question what I did yesterday. So now I got a new direction today. You're describing to me, you're describing the impact of his rest. You're entering his rest is what you're doing. I had a guy had to tell me that because I was trying to describe the peace I'm in. And finally he got tired of listening to him. He said, Tim, what you're talking about is rest. You're entering his rest. Mm. Uh, Because you are perceiving. Because you, because because in his rest, you're not you're not ignoring what's going on to try and be at peace. You fully see what's going on, and you're still at peace. That's rest. Your soul is experiencing his rest. Right. Just saying, Michael. Michael. Michael knows when I called him the other day that I lost. I lost it when I saw a video of the gentleman that was up in Michigan and what happened to him. Um, I was doing really well, and that just broke me. Um, Just because I was seeing so much evil and people being so hurt, so harmed because of hate. Um, It Mm-hmm. I have to say that my emotions were not at rest. Uh huh. Um, and that can happen. Yeah. That can happen. But there's yet there still remains a rest. So it's not gone. It's not gone away. It can still be entered. But yeah. So here's the here's the here's the gut level brutal truth. You can't assume because you entered rest that it's some sort of permanent state. Mm-hmm. This is a yeah. daily continual walk. You may run into things that absolutely just blow your mind and you, you know, like you're just describing. Okay. And yet there, and, and there's still that rest. It's there. It's available. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's tough to enter that rest. It, it is, but. I was just listening to Jill describe her her condition, if you will, in the in a good a good condition of that. And I'm like, right. no, you're describing rest. 
the impact of his rest on your soul is what you're describing. But that doesn't mean, you know, you won't have a bad day or something. That's okay. He's still there, still loved, you know, as we've been saying. So I do think, though, that the longer we're able to stay in that rest, when times come, like you said, when you have a bad day, it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to go oh, back amen. to that place because you already yeah. know what it feels like and you want to be there. Because <laughs> you know what you're doing? You're developing the pathway. Followers of the way is what they're called in the New Testament book of Acts. Followers of the way. There's something we don't talk about. Followers of the way. And you're exactly right. (laughs) Because you've been there before. Michael, if you don't say something, I'm never going to shut up. I'm enjoying this. I know you already know that. (laughs) Joe is, again, the reality in the kingdom. So you're talking about rest, and Tim has just opened the door to what you're experiencing. So you see that in 3D. And then I'll toss at you and all of us what happens when you're in rest. Father strengthens you. It's in his word. He talked to prophet Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me. I'll give you rest. And the rest, I'll strengthen you. Yes. This is a setup. If the children would be children and be used as vessels when he needs us to manifest, and remain as sons and daughters, then we see this kingdom for what it is. It's a blessed opportunity to cultivate our lives, to come in fellowship. That's in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. And they fellowshiped, and Father added, and they went house to house and broke bread, had communion. Mm-hmm. And they gave those who had, had need in the middle of this plague, in the middle of the cauldron that's been opened up and civil unrest, there are believers that have rest, followers of the way. And I love that because that's what Jesus was, was, that's what he had attributed them to, believers, followers of the way. So that's the vocabulary I use. We're believers, followers of the way, of the way of who? Jesus, by his spirit, Holy Spirit. So we continually daily to cultivate and cooperate with Holy Spirit and not and not having to do it, but we just do it because he loves us enough. So we reciprocate it, and that allows us to cultivate, and that allows us that we will want to cooperate with him and be followers of the way, stay in the way. Um, Proverbs chapter 8 is awesome to understand what's in the way of Jesus. Spirit of wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's a setup. It's like here. Just pick up this nugget. Okay, keep walking. And then we get to the point where I don't want to pick up a nugget. I want to go left and go right. But he's saying, well, just come straight. And we just, as little kids, we fight it. But just as we surrender 
can we just keep picking up the cues from Holy Spirit? It becomes effortless fruit bearing. Oh, that was good there, Tim. <laughs> because we're just bearing fruit. Mm -hmm. It becomes Holy effortless. Spirit just Holy Spirit just huh? reminded me that he said you will be free. And I couldn't remember where it was in the Bible. And it's John eight thirty two. Then you then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So Which that means putting in a position. Say it again. You asking me? Yep. Say it again. Then then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's John eight thirty two. So even in times like we're going through, that applies more than ever. Not that this is the only time in, you know, history that we've experienced or there's been things like this, but no matter what's going on, there is such a freedom that we can have that some people may not understand, but we can show them. You can show them what it looks like. Tell them what it feels like. Teach them. And then encourage them how to do it. Encourage yeah. them to do it. Don't teach them how to do it. Yeah. Encourage them how to do it. Encourage them. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's all I got to say First John. Yeah, it's First, First John. John. What we've seen, what we've heard, what our hands have handled concerning the word of life. These things we're sharing with you. And truly our fellowship was the Father, but we're sharing this with you so that your fellowship would be with us as it is with Father and so that your joy would be full. Mm. Yay. This is what we live to do, what we work to do. This is, a, this is afforded to everyone who is born again, who are followers of the way, who are believers in Christ. This is afforded mm -hmm. and awarded to us. Just saying. Yes. Just All right, Michael. I need to get. I need to get off of here. <laughs> this has been. This has been awesome. And good to meet Barb over the phone. That was awesome. Nice meeting you too. And uh, appreciate the things you shared. And sounds like we've kind of had a whole lot in common about some tough, hard places. And uh, mm -hmm. so the affirmation, the confirmations are always, always good and welcome. Um, so I appreciate it. Same here. You guys are awesome. Talk to you guys next week. Okay. Have a blessed night. Right. Later. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye. Bye. Be blessed.